Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Naked and Inside Out. I'm Cynthia Katera, joined with my partner in crime, Janine Toro. Naked and Inside Out is an LGBT podcast highlighting people in the community doing incredible things with their lives and their careers. And we're here to share their stories with you and to provide a source of inspiration for our listeners. So today we are Skyping with Adam King of Moy King, the children's clothing whose label is redefining the gender barriers, gaps, and stereotypes of children's wear. Adam, welcome to the show. Yay! Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So can you kind of tell us about your company, what it is, um, and how you got started? Um, So Moikind is a gender-neutral children's and toddlers accessory and clothing brand. It actually started a year ago. Uh, My wife and I had our first child, uh, a little kid named Roscoe, who we both love and and, uh, adore. We started trying to buy clothes for him, and we went to stores, and it was pretty much uh, as gender-specific as you can get. Mm -hmm. The girls' clothes were tutus and tiaras and rhinestones and things like that, and the boys' clothes were baseballs and footballs and lions and things like that, and... uh, Neither one of us wanted to put him in things that basically defined him before he was old enough to talk. Yeah. And my background is in apparel design. So my wife just started saying, why don't you make his clothes? So I started making his clothes. People asked where we got his clothes. Uh, people then started asking me to make clothes for them as well. Uh, so my wife signed me up for a pop-up shop uh, as soon as we moved back to Ohio. I sold made about $3,000 worth of stuff in a weekend. Wow. It uh, grew from there. So that's that's where we are. That's incredible. Wait, so you're still the only person making the clothes? Yes. I design and make everything by hand. Uh, so, yes, it's, it's kind of my own little personal sweatshop. <laughs> wow. Can you tell our listeners how you got to the name? Um, yeah, it's Dutch and Afrikaans. It means beautiful child. I wanted to kind of create something that wasn't gender specific at all. So it wasn't a a boy wearing typically girls clothes. It wasn't a girl wearing typically boys clothes. It was kind of a, a, you pick up an article of clothing and any parent, any aunt, any uncle, any friend could say, Oh, I'm going to put this on my whoever. Yeah. Um, A brother could pass it on to his little sister, a little sister could pass on to her, a sister could pass on to her little brother. And I found that, that, uh, Northern Europeans tend to embrace that a little bit more than Western culture, uh, uh, Americans especially. Yeah. So it kind of fit. And it tends it tended to be something that people had to ask questions. Um, so when people see the name, they ask questions. And then it kind of gives me that opportunity to explain what I'm doing. And I don't want to sound like a salesman, but it kind of hooks people in that way. Yeah. Because um, it's not just, oh, this is a very easy brand to understand. I know what it is without having to ask questions. It's, um, what is this? Tell me about it. How do you pronounce it? What does it mean? So yeah, that's, that was the the reason I went with what I did. Right. And I love how, I mean, I love all the clothes, but it, you know, it really comes down to, oh, you're seeing this garment. You're like, oh, that's adorable. I want that for either my son or daughter Mm -hmm. or both. And I think it's amazing, like from a sustainability factor that, Mm -hmm. You can, you know, like pass it on, like say you have a boy and your next child's a girl and yeah, your next child can wear the same thing. Or if you're passing it on to a friend, I think that's amazing because 
my nephews too. And I remember, yeah, like shopping for him. It's like everything's blue or pink or green. Sometimes yeah. you get the green or yellow, like, <laughs> but it's all very specified by color with gender mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what made you interested in the whole genderless clothing? Well, as a kid growing up, I played with Cabbage Patch Kids. I had Barbie dolls, but I also played with Lego and G.I. Joe and He-Man. I feel like defining a, a child before they can tell you who they are, before they can react to, to the way that they want to, it kind of limits who they are or pigeonholes them into who they are, and, and that didn't seem fair. Um, I don't know if my mother made a conscious decision to, to give me both things, but that kind of opened me up to be the person that I am. And I I felt like I'd be a bad parent if I didn't give my son the opportunity to be who he wanted to be and just give him clothes that were comfortable and kind of looked cool without saying you have to play baseball or you have to like lines or you have to wear black and you have to wear this skull and crossbones. It's kind of a, a, wear clothes for a utilitarian purpose, a functional purpose. And if you're, your future sister wants to wear the clothes too. She can wear the clothes too. Yeah. Well, the designs are incredible and Janine wants them in adult <laughs> sizes yes. also. Exactly. Especially she, the booties. They look so warm and toasty. She was going, <laughs> she was going shopping on the site. <laughs> well, you know, cause it almost reminds me of like, they're like trendy clothes. And I mean, yeah. I know that sounds silly, especially, well, I mean, Cynthia working in fashion, but for me, it's like, these are clothes I could see people in the streets of New York wearing like adults. But, you know, it's it's really incredible, like just the detail and the thought that goes mm-hmm. into them. And I do think it's incredible that you have that perspective of allowing a child to be who they are, because mm-hmm. so many people are so boxed and they're growing up. They're like, oh, you know, like my friend has a daughter and she's like, oh, she's already setting her up with little boyfriends. And I'm like, yeah. how do you even right. know that she's going to yeah. be straight? I mean, and I'm not saying, you know, but it's just to me, it's like people that have more of an open mind that especially aren't LGBT is it's so powerful because you're allowing to be allowing that person to be who they are without right. any judgment, right. which is incredible. Well, that's, that's actual love to me. If you love your kid, whether they be gay, straight, bi, trans, whatever, that's love. And if you're kind of forcing your kid to be one way or pushing your kid to be one way, then I mean, that's, that's limiting who they are and going to probably create some animosity between you and your kid. I will say that I do kind of push my son to play with Legos just because I still play with Legos. Yeah. I mean, Legos are cool. And, you know, yeah. they're, they're very But other than that, he, he does what he wants to do when he wants to do it. And, yeah. and we love him and we kind of make sure he doesn't hurt himself. But yeah. other than that, whatever he wants to do, he's he's more than welcome to. I love that. So where where are you located now? Can you kind of tell us that where the pop-up store is? Yes, um, I'm currently at 6519 Detroit Road in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, I'm actually only here for this next week coming up. Won a contest uh, for a uh, free pop-up space for the holidays. So from November through January, I was gifted retail space. Um, I decided not to continue my lease, uh, partly because I'd have to pay for it. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. But also partly because it's since I'm the only person designing, making, selling these things, I, it, it, it's stretching you pretty thin. Yeah, totally. I so, mean, yeah. What has the feedback been since you've been there? Really, really good. Uh, I'm not a great business person. So every time someone buys something, it's kind of that, are you sure you want to buy something? That I <laughs> and I feel I'm like, sure they uh, do. <laughs> 
I feel like I have to cook people dinner for, for dinner. <laughs> but it's one of those things like you're, you're making something with your hands. You're making it from the heart and people are, are very receptive to it. And that's, it's a very, very emotional thing for me. Cause it's like, it's, I mean, it's like my kid. I'm, I'm presenting my kid to the world and yeah. people are loving it and people are, are wanting to spend their money on something that they're putting on someone that's so important to them. It is. Um, it's, I mean, it's a labor of love. And I, yeah. I think more and more, you know, especially myself working in fashion, I feel more and more consumers and people want to buy something that is handmade or has mm-hmm. that story behind it or is supporting somebody um, like a small business versus yeah. like yeah. a big retailer chain. So I, I think that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. In itself it's beyond the fact, the, you know, magnitude that your brand is providing. I want to know how people are finding the pop-up shop. Like, is it advertised um, locally, you know, just your Facebook, you know, how are people finding it? Word of mouth. Um, honestly, I do not know all the time. And I, I will say that my sales are still largely probably about 80% online. Um, so I'm still selling overseas. I'm still selling in Germany and Australia and, uh, as far, excuse me, as far west as LA and, uh, New York. So it's, it's not just the pop-up shop. And that's part of why I didn't want to keep the pop-up shop because most of my sales are still web-based, but there I've, I've done an interview with the news twice, the organization that actually gifted the space to me, they advertise. My wife is a little bit more uh, social media savvy than I am, so she posts on Instagram. Um, I feel like a very old fuddy-duddy because I, <laughs> I, I, uh, I don't quite tune into those things very, very well. But yeah, she's gotten some reception. There's a company in Argentina that started uh, messaging me two days ago that she kind of, I guess, put the word out to and, and gotten feedback from. So social media, I would say, would be the biggest, uh, biggest connector. The advertising that the company that uh, gifted the space to us, the, the Short Shoreway Project is the name of the, the organization that gifted the retail space. And uh, interviews. I've done several interviews uh, already. Uh, I guess people like the idea of a father making clothes for a son. Yeah. yeah. What about other, you know, like, even though you're not continuing your retail space, have there been other boutiques who have approached you, you know, like asking to carry your line or is that a possible venture? There have been. Um, and there's, there's a lot of things that I would like to do. I'm considering doing weekly pop-ups and fleas in the area. So it won't be that I won't have a, a physical presence anymore. It's just, I, I don't want to limit myself to one uh, physical space. There have been boutiques uh, back in Philadelphia. There was a couple. LA, there's been one. Um, I was actually approached by a former colleague that works for Zoo Lily um, about selling stuff on Zoo Lily. My biggest hesitation is that I'm literally making all this stuff myself. Yeah. So committing to selling to a store, especially something like Zoo Lily, that's probably a month's worth of work that I would have to do before I could even sell to Zoo Lily. So it's, it's kind of one of those next step things that I need to, to plan for rather than kind of just decide on. Mm-hmm. Um, if I want to do something like that, I, I would need to actually hire somebody else or consider outsourcing uh, manufacturing to uh, an actual company instead of making it handmade, which I'm hesitant to do. Um, yeah. Well, even, I mean, 
more like simple screen graph tees, I think are incredible. Mm-hmm. You have one that says clothes have no gender, which I mean, I, yes, that's <laughs> the one. I know yeah. I want one in adult size, but I, you know, like I feel there's even a need for more of that also. Mm-hmm. I would totally buy one in every color, <laughs> probably black, <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, that's actually something I'm, I'm going to be doing this coming year as well. It's kind of that, well, I, I make these in adult sizes also. So they're, oh, okay. Oh, I yeah. gotta, I gotta read um, the, read the website. <laughs> that's okay. Um, I another adult shirt, uh, for the breastfeeders. Um, it says supply. And then the kids' version, the kids' uh, corresponding one says demand. I love that. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> so yeah, there's been some other things like that that I've been leaning towards uh, getting done. It's one of those I don't quite know how they're going to be received. In my head, it could be could sound like a really catchy thing and could be a great idea, and then it might not be in actuality. Um, I would t- I would get that. Yeah, I I I support that. But I mean, I think that's what's fun too, and. Mm-hmm. You know, like having your own brand, you can kind of like test the waters like, yeah, I think it's a good idea. And usually like if you think it's a good idea, there's other people also that think it's a good idea. So I would run with it. I love that. I don't know. I love like kitschy, kitschy, catchy T-shirts. We can be your New York ambassador. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm considering doing one um, for Donald baby. Trump. A kid's shirt that says fewer tantrums than Donald Trump. Oh, I like that. Um, so that that's one of the, the the kind of kitschy ones that I'm thinking about doing. But there's that, that will definitely be something that I'm um, going towards as well. Because um, that's something I don't have to do myself and I don't have to feel badly about doing myself. Yeah. I can pay a screen printer to do that and that work is then off of my plate. So. Yeah. So how do you, with that said, like, how do you manage your time with, you know, like making the clothes, um, being a father, yeah, being a fa- you know, all your other roles that you play? Like, how, you know, how, how is that? Sleep is at a premium. I actually work full time as well. Oh, um, wow. Oh, so you're not. See, I was actually going to ask you that. Like, is this something that you are doing full time? So you have a full time job and you're doing this on top of that. I have a full-time job. I'm doing this full-time. I have a wife. I have a 16-month-old son, and my wife is also pregnant. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> you are so, one yeah, busy uh, I, I'm, I'm fairly busy. Yeah, the, the time management is, is very important. I basically split my time into as many important things as I can. I don't sleep very often or very much. But it's kind of a, a temporary thing. Once this next week is over and I don't have to be at the store as often as I do, um, I can kind of scale back what I'm doing for a couple weeks and then regroup. But yeah, it's basically filling what needs to be filled. If people are asking me to make something, if I make a sale, then obviously those things are, are pushed to the, the front of the line. Right now, the store is the front of the line just because I need to, to be here and, and build my inventory and keep designing for things coming in the future. But yeah, it's whatever I needed to do at the time, I do at the time. Um, if my wife calls and says Roscoe is sick, I obviously go handle that. Yeah. Um, but it's it's basically putting things with the future in mind on a uh, scale of importance, I guess. Yeah. Where do you find your inspiration for your designs? Honestly, I've always been a functional designer. So when I'm thinking about stuff for kids, it's kind of they crawl. So how, how would it be most comfortable or least cumbersome for 
them to crawl in this? Is a mom going to be able to change the diaper? Is a dad going to be able to play with his son? It's it's kind of a how are these things going to be working but still look cute at the same time? Yeah. Utilitarian use, especially for kids, I think is most important. I know stereotypically women wear clothes that are pretty, regardless of comfort or functionality. <laughs> this girl right here, Cynthia, does that I, all the time. I, I, I don't know I how. I wouldn't why say women, pretty, yeah. but sometimes I sacrifice high heels function. Um, high. Well, I have boots with um, metal bolts on the bottom, and in the icy weather, probably not the most. Functional. Yes, they're not most. See? Looks good, but not always functional. That's I mean, what they I look say. pretty kick ass. Yeah, <laughs> right. they look great, but they're not the wisest thing to wear in certain conditions. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I take the exact opposite approach. Um, I try to figure out what is the easiest to do for parents, especially because changing a diaper with something that you have to undo 85,000 buttons and unwrap and things like that isn't exactly something that parents want to do. Yeah. So then I, I kind of take an a, adult perspective. Once I have the function down, I take an adult perspective on what looks cool to adults. And what would look cute on a kid that an adult would also wear. So that's the elbow patches. Yeah. Kids don't need elbow patches, but it looks cute. Um, it could be functional for crawling, though. Or, could, you know, like, it, there's one, you had one, like, a pair of pants with knee patches on it. Yeah. yeah. That could be, you know, like, the crawling knee pad. Yeah. Reinforced <laughs> knees. So when they scrape their knees or, or run their knees against the ground, it's, it's reinforced that way. So yeah, it's, it's basically taking adult things and miniaturizing them in a functional way for kids. Yeah. Like, I, I actually just made a uh, vegan leather yeah, gold moto jacket. Yes! Um, which has no purpose whatsoever for kids. They're not going to ride a motorcycle. Awesome. But, but it's one of those adult things that's miniaturized. And it looks cool. It looks really cool. So how do you decide on materials? Um, it's kind of what I can find. Like, for instance, I found that vegan leather at a uh, marine shop. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's it was supposed to be uh, seats on a boat. Okay. Mm. So it's one of those, I could find a use for that at some point in the future. Yeah. Um, I bought it maybe three, four years ago. Yeah. So I've had a huge, probably like a 60-yard roll of it for a couple years. And it's one of those, all right, I now know what I'm going to be using it for. So yeah, I'll just, I'll see something and I'll just get it. My, my wife thinks I'm a pack rat and I probably am. <laughs> yeah. Which is I why think, she put me in the basement. I think most designers, I've, I've had fabrics. I mean, I had to like consolidate, you know, being in New York and closet spaces yeah. at a premium. So when I, you know, downsized, I had to get rid of so many fabrics I've had for years just yeah. because I'm like, well, I don't really know if it's coming to fruition. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Your space is a lot more of a premium than mine, mine is. Um, when we moved to Ohio, we bought a house. So I have house space. Yeah, she put me in the basement, so all of my fabrics are down there. But I have the space to, to keep my collection and, yeah. and not have to worry about getting rid of things. So That's I'll come up with something and this fabric that I had for 10 years will be perfect for it. And it kind of that, that, that's how I know it's supposed to be. Yeah. Really cool. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. I'm just still thinking about how it's supposed to be seats <laughs> and you convert it into a leather moto jacket for a child. I mean, it's incredible, right? Like, I don't it's know. not that far fetched. I mean, yeah. some of the premium 
uh, interiors for cars and, and boats and things like that is supposed to be fine leather. It's not real leather, obviously, which is good. So it's just it's it, it's not that far of a of a a, a leap, I don't think. Yeah, I mean it's cool. I just like the yeah. idea of just you know, I don't know. I'm into like all sorts of things design wise in terms of like taking materials that you wouldn't ordinarily use for something and like adapting it. I just, I mean, and it, maybe it isn't so far fetched, but it's just, I don't know. It's exciting that, you know, you see it that way, but somebody else walking down the street may never have thought of that in their head. as leather seat. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they, they just see it as what it is. They don't say like, Oh, Hmm, this could be something interesting. I can use down the line. How am I going to do this? And then you make something out of it. It's just, I don't know. I think creative people just have something in them, right? I, I will say that nothing I've ever done seems all that great to me. So <laughs> those, I don't think it's a far leap because I thought it rather than it not being a, a far leap. But I, creatives do tend to be that way. They see something and they wonder what other million ways they can use for this one thing. And it's it's kind of that being a kid and not growing out of it, I guess. Because yeah. kids, they have a toy and then they do an infinite number of things with this paper towel roll, for instance. Exactly, or a box. Yeah. Kids love boxes. Kids you get them boxes. all these toys, and then they're playing with the box. Yeah. It's, inc- yeah. it's, it's incredible. Imaginations, right? Yeah. So yeah. you were saying most of your sales currently are through um, your online uh, presence, your online store. Correct. You know, so when you started this, when you were hand-making all these clothes by yourself, and did you do, like, limited editions? Like, how, you know, and how did the store evolve how are people finding it like just a little bit of background on you know kind of how the online presence started the online presence started uh my wife signed me up for a pop-up shop uh last february i believe it was february march and she told me maybe a week before the pop-up shop started <sighs> so it, it it was i was just making clothes for my son um one or two pieces of pair of tights a, a sweatshirt whatever um, so she told me a week or two before the uh, the pop-up shop that she signed me up for it. And so I kind of did a Project Runway last minute, <laughs> so all night uh, for a few nights in a row and, and took it to the to the show. And I sold out of everything I made the first day. So the first oh. night I stayed up and did again the, the same thing for the next day. Oh, my God. Um, but people kept asking me about, uh, if, if I had a store and at the time I didn't have a store at all. My wife just set up an Instagram page of pictures of my son in the clothes I made. Um, so the demand and the, the, I guess, successful sales at that show made me realize that I should probably expand this a little bit to people that aren't physically in front of me at the time. So it was that week after the, the pop-up shop that I figured out that I should do uh, a store I didn't necessarily want the commitment of something that required me to pay for a a store Mm -hmm. and the percentage of sales, I didn't want to be too high. So it was one of those, what can I do for free that I can test out and see what I'm doing? Um, see if it can grow to a a self-sustaining place. And there's a website called store envy, S T O R E N V Y. They give retailers free web space, you can put on as many items as you want so I could kind of grow and, and see what I was doing. So I signed up for that website the week after the pop-up shop and I've been adding stuff since. Um, I started out doing one item a week. I try to do one item every Friday, one new item every Friday. 
I did uh, one or two size runs of each, so that gave me basically six days to make ten items, I guess. And it just kept growing from there. I did sales discounts on Tuesdays and then new items on Fridays. Uh, Kept growing, kept selling out of stuff. So I kind of tried to slow down that uh, trend just because I didn't want to run myself into the ground. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, it's like, a, I, it's like a good problem to have, but it is, it is. Like Every, you're running low on resources at the yeah, same time. Yeah. Everything I've done has been a good problem to have. Selling out of inventory is a very, very, very good problem to have. Um, it's still a problem to have, but it's it's a very good problem to have. And I, I'm not complaining. I would never complain. Yeah. People ask me what, if I'm tired. I say, yes, I'm tired, but I'm happy to be tired. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's that's how it started. My wife is my, my marketing person. She's not a professional, but she's infinitely better at it than I am. I, I don't know how. Go ahead. Uh, I think, I mean, I've had, I had my own jewelry business for five years and I did, I did the sales myself and, you know, I, I can kind of relate. It's, it's really difficult to sell your own things. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's like the humility behind it or I don't, it's, it's hard being your own salesperson, you know, yeah. like, so I mean, we got to the point where, you know, like we had sales associates selling and like I would I would also be there, but I would let them do the selling because, you know, it's it. I don't know. It's not like it's a lack of authenticity, but when, you know, a customer comes up to you and you're like pitching and selling like for me, I'm not a natural at that. And to me, it sounds inauthentic. We're like, I'm just trying to like pawn off my design. Mm hmm to you, you know, and it's, I, I think it, it does have a lot of credibility when your designs speak for themselves and don't need that extra sales pitch. So I totally, totally get you there. Yeah. It's, it's an uncomfortable thing for me to sell my own stuff. I've always been a very shy person, um, which is why I'm not looking at you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so yeah, it's, it's always been a, I'm a quiet person. I was an only child for my first 13 years. So it's, it's, I don't do well at talking to people when I'm vulnerable yeah. and selling your own stuff is, it makes you very, very, very vulnerable. And it's absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so you're putting yourself out there. You're like, this is my passion project. Yeah. I put my heart and soul into this. Yeah. I stayed up all night doing this. And <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. It's, it's, totally not like you can, it's not like a pickup line. It's not like you can go and, and bullshit and things like that. Like you physically are making this and you can't, oh, well, I promise you it'll it'll give you the, the sun and the moon. It's like this yeah. is part of clothing that I, I did. Yeah. It can't lie. It can't. It, it is what it is. But I think that's also the attraction to it. You know, yeah. again, like because you're putting every ounce of yourself in it and people do want that. At the yeah. end of the day. Yeah. I mean, it has been well received for that. Um, yeah. And I hate to play on it, but people like that it's a, a dad doing yeah. it. I've had very good feedback. Uh, people saying, oh, that's so sweet. And <laughs> hate that. But it's also <laughs> a good thing that it's, it's, it's getting that extra appreciation, I guess. You got to get a bunch of dads that can help you sew. Yeah. <laughs> amazing. Actually, one of my customers does have a, uh, her husband is a stay-at-home dad, um, and he's trying to learn to, to do stuff. He lives in the area, so I'm, I'm going to be teaching him how to, how to sew. 
Yeah. But she's bought maybe 15 things for me already. Wow. wow. Um, I mean, it's pretty amazing. I mean, you did a pop-up shop. You stayed up all night making all these clothes and they're, and they're sold out. I mean, it's, <laughs> there's obviously like a liking, a demand, like an interest in this and whether it's the design of it, whether that it's handmade, whether it's by a dad, like there's something that has people going to buy these things or, or coming back for more. Right. Like, yeah. yeah, they obviously like it if they're coming back. Totally. Yeah, and that's the thing that kind of made me realize that I could probably be doing this for a while is that it's not just people buying something and then disappearing. It's buying people, people buying things and then coming back. Yeah. That's not an accident. That's not stumbling in and, and taking a chance. That's, I mean, if someone's coming back to buy something more than once, then I'm, I gotta be doing something. Okay. Yeah. Have, have you uh, ever had anyone uh, like ask for a custom order? Like absolutely, absolutely. The moto jacket that I did was a uh, custom order. They like it enough that they told me that I should make more of them. Um, but custom orders are are a big chunk of my business. What I've been doing for the last couple of weeks since I knew that I wasn't going to extend the uh, the store is just doing custom orders for the time being. I'm selling through my inventory in the store, but people will ask me all the time, "Can you do this? Can you do that?" And it's since I haven't gotten to the point where the business has stabilized yet, I'm completely open to doing custom orders because then that can give me an idea to do something for the, the, the expansion of the brand. Yeah. Uh, someone asked me for something cool. I said, okay, I'll just do a moto jacket. Now I'm thinking, okay, I can do more moto jackets. I can get other, I have plenty of other vegan leather. I have greens, I have oh. uh, browns, I have all kinds of different colors of, of fake leather. Now I can do full moto jackets, not just vests. Um, and that's a lot of sewing, a moto jacket. It is. There's a lot going on, all the top stitching and snaps and I don't know. What it's so fun. Yeah, it is. But that's, you know, if you're like banging out how many in a night, how many leather jackets could you do? Like maybe a couple compared to like a pair of pants yeah. or like leggings. No, no, no. I, yeah. I completely agree. <laughs> the, the tights that I make are five pieces they're really That's easy to do i can do one of those an hour pretty pretty quickly yeah the moto jacket is a lot more involved but it's also the kind of thing that people want want yeah if people want it i'll happily make it if yeah. people can buy it i'll absolutely Come on, it's so cool it's a leather moto jacket for I a know. kid it's awesome yeah. i want one i'm like I want one. <laughs> <laughs> i'll get like if we ever have kids we'll yeah get, exactly i'll get you matching ones we'll all have, have the same jackets that'd be awesome that's actually something i'm considering doing also is uh matching adult yes that would be so cute i'm telling you i mean i know it's kind of cheesy of me but like seriously it's cute like if you do like a family photo shoot or like you know everyone has a similar version of something on i don't know i'm a sucker for that it can be cheesy but can also be very 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 cool yeah i'm into the cheese it's okay My wife and I were actually at the Cavs basketball game last night, and there was a guy in front of us with his son, and they were both wearing plaid shirts. Um, (laughs) It was cute, but if you are not a father or not a parent, it could look cheesy. Yeah. But it's one of those that, I mean, they weren't the exact same plaid, but they were both wearing blue plaid shirts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
I, I support that. I'm going to yeah. be probably wearing matching clothes with my son at some point. Yeah. Yes. If I haven't already. Yeah. <laughs> and he makes a great model, by the way. He's so cute. Well, thank you. Oh, thank my you. God. I know. I'm yeah. like, oh, my God. His own child models the clothes. And he's so cute. He's adorable. Yeah. yeah, he's a pretty cute kid. Can I kind of jump into pop culture and maybe, like, the future of yeah. genderless clothing? On your Facebook wall, you posted... There was a post about like Jaden Smith being featured mm-hmm. and the new Louis Vuitton campaign. Mm-hmm. Like, what are your thoughts on that? And do you think that this is something we will be seeing more in fashion? I mean, I know we already have. I feel like yeah. it's this amazing crescendo that has been happening. But what are some of your thoughts? Um, I, I'm not a Jaden Smith fan. And I'm not a Louis Vuitton fan. <laughs> but I'm... Absolutely 100% behind them doing what they did. Yeah. I don't dislike either Jaden Smith or Louis Vuitton. I'm just, I'm kind of apathetic towards both of them. Yeah. But Jaden Smith doing what he does in terms of what he wears, 1000% I support. Yeah. I hope that it goes more towards that way. As long as it's not men kind of mansplaining fashion to to people, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm for it. Because he's been, quote unquote, gender bending clothes. Yeah. Last couple of years, mm-hmm. he wears a skirt as good as most women. Yeah. Um, and it's it's again, it's one of those things. It's clothes. Who who cares what someone wears? It's, yeah. It's, I mean, I I think it's great. There's been a lot of like, exactly like gender bending things that have been going on in fashion, specifically mm-hmm. even with like trans models and I think the response at least what I've been hearing has been really positive and great Mm -hmm. um so for me it's like I don't know I'm a very optimistic person also but it it makes me very hopeful for the shift of everything and you know the visibility that fashion brings to the world with this I mean because I don't know. I don't know if it's, you know, because I'm in fashion, but I think a lot of what you wear kind of tells, it can tell the story of who you are. I'm reading a book right now called Queer Fashion, and it it, it was an exhibit at FIT, and it talks about the history of dress and how, especially like more back in the day, and I mean, even now, actually, how you can express your sexuality through what you wear, but it mm-hmm. doesn't need to be that way. And I think the more that we see genderless clothing lines and labels, like Selfridges did, they had they had a pop-up store for a bit of time and they had a whole genderless pop-up store, which I think is really cool. Yeah, um, yeah. And I, I think more and more stores and labels hopefully will catch on to that and that, it you know, it will be more common. I guess more common, yeah. But I mean, it is... It is special. I mean, I don't think, and I don't want like the popularity of it to make it less special, but maybe it would just, those lines will be a little more blended. One that thing that, sense. there's a couple points to that that I, I, I'm thinking. One of the things that I, I kind of mentioned before is that I don't want to create a line that is necessarily gender bending or cross dressing. And not to try to use either of those terms negatively, but. I'd, I'd hope that eventually there are things that are just close. Yeah. 
not boys wearing girls' clothes or men wearing women's clothes or women wearing men's clothes, but just clothes that anybody could pick up and wear. Yeah. I would love for for thing for genderless clothes to kind of not kind of dictate someone's sexuality for a negative stereotype. Mm-hmm. A lot of people look at Jaden Smith and they think, oh, that kid's gay or what's wrong with him or yeah. negative responses. Um, there's been some very good feedback, but there's also been a lot of negative feedback. And yeah. the kid is a teenager. Like, what does the sexuality matter to anybody but him? And I mean, I don't know how old he is, but his parents should probably know. But yeah. him and the person he's with and, and his parents should be the only people that care about his sexuality. If the kid wants to wear a skirt, he can wear a skirt. Yeah. If the biggest, burliest, most stereotypically masculine guy does it, that I think would kind of hopefully keep people away from negative stereotypes of of that gender bending. Because I don't think that that should be a case. Yes, your clothes can kind of represent your sexuality, but it shouldn't welcome people into kind of discuss your sexuality. It shouldn't be if a straight man is wearing a skirt, it shouldn't be, well, what is he doing behind the scenes? I knew he was whatever and something seemed funny about this guy and it shouldn't be that kind of way. And if a girl, if a woman is wearing a stereotypically masculine outfit, if she's wearing plaid, for instance, yeah. it shouldn't be, I knew she liked girls. It shouldn't be, <laughs> it, it shouldn't welcome someone into someone's bedroom, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's what I'm hoping that, that the, the genderless clothing kind of does. It kind of, let someone define themselves, but not be defined by outside people. I think that's beautifully put. Oh my gosh. Yes. (laughs) So with all this said, where do you see the future of your company going? Had you ever considered maybe doing this full time? Yes. Recently I've considered doing this full time. Um, Starting out, I really thought I was just making clothes for my son to make my wife and I happy about what he was wearing. As it's grown, literally been less than a calendar year, I would love to do this full time. I would love to have a staff. Part of me is hesitant towards growing to the point that I'm not making clothes, or at least most of them. Mm-hmm. But I'm starting to realize that it's probably a necessity that I, I hire people to, to help me, at least. Mm-hmm. I would love to be able to say that I created something that my son and my next son that's coming next, well, in a few months, um, that both of my children can end up working for uh, in the future, if they want to. I'm not pushing. (laughs) But I'd love to create something that could last for years and and kind of not even be a a staple brand like uh, Oshkosh. I I definitely don't want to get that big, but being synonymous with quality and with children and things like that, like Oshkosh is. If your grandkids could wear my clothes, then that would be amazing. Yeah. That's my goal. I love that. Do you have any advice for our listeners or anyone that kind of wants to start something or they really have like great ideas and like, you know, maybe they just, they're fearful or something. Do you have any advice that you could offer to them? Maybe some things that you've learned through this time that you've started this? Mm -hmm. Don't second guess yourself. There was actually a, the first pop-up that I did, I went there and I was instantly about to leave. I just was a little scared, actually a lot scared. I didn't feel like what I was doing fit in with the the rest of the vendors. I was about 10 seconds away from walking out the door, never going back. Had I done that, I wouldn't be here today. 
So if you have something that you think might be a good idea, try it. Do it. Give it all you have. There will be hiccups. There will be bumps. But you're never going to know if something is, is good until you try it. Um, you'll never know if something's right unless you taste it. So don't second-guess yourself. Don't sell yourself short. Do everything that you want to do. Try everything you want to try. Enjoy life. You only get one. So whatever you want to do, yeah. give it your all. That's some great advice. <laughs> really good. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on and spending some time with us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. If there's any places where our um, listeners can find you, if you'd like to share them now, that'd be cool. Sure. Um, we are on Facebook. It is facebook.com backslash M-O-O-I-K-I-N-D-1-5. That's Moikin15. Uh, we are on Instagram at M-O-O-I underscore K-I-N-D underscore. And both of those will link directly to the store. So I'll just leave you with those two. Okay, awesome. Very cool. Okay, thank you again, everyone, for listening. If you guys like what you're hearing, please rate us in iTunes. That would be greatly appreciated. Also, if you have any questions, comments, inquiries, Email us, hello at nakedandinsideout.com. And again, you can always find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, which can all be linked from nakedandinsideout.com. Thanks again. Until next time. Until next time. Thanks. Bye.